Today on the show, episode 11, we talk with Jeremy Arthur, president and CEO of the Chamber of Commerce Association of Alabama. Welcome to the Chamber Podcast. Let's get this show started. Here's where the magic begins to make change happen. The human voice. It's the most powerful sound in the world. Getting curious about something and diving in. One of the things that I enjoy more than anything else is learning new things. Welcome to the Chamber Podcast. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Let's start off today with uh, what some of the current trends are that you're seeing in the Chamber world. Sure. Uh, We're seeing a lot uh, of focus now on entrepreneurship and small business, uh, especially in a lot of the chambers uh, in Alabama, recognizing that that's the majority of the chamber membership, at least at the local level, and even at the state level, are are the primary driving force. And the primary job creators uh, are are small businesses. Now, you can define small business in a variety of different ways. Um, SBA says less than 100 employees. I think the U.S. Chamber says less than 50 employees. Uh, those certainly qualify. Uh, we would say it goes even smaller than that, probably even to uh, less than 10 employees. And so everything from small business incubators to helping with entrepreneurship to helping with startup uh, to helping uh, partner even younger entrepreneurs, uh, high school age, trying to prepare them for the workforce. Uh, workforce development is a key issue uh, in the state of Alabama trying to make sure that our education system uh, at all levels, uh, really we even extend into uh, pre-K through at least what we call 13, at least one year of college or a technical uh, or associate degree, uh, to prepare them for the workforce and trying to make sure that our business and industry leaders are connected with our education folks to make sure that the product that's being produced for our educational system meets the needs uh, of our uh, employers. And um, that sounds like a no-brainer, but I think there's oftentimes, uh, at least historically in our state, been a disconnect. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the education system would do their thing. The business folks would do their thing. They would both complain about each other. Uh, and, and so I, what you're seeing local uh, chambers do now is really be the convener uh, to set up the communication and the dialogue so that it's a help meet. Education helping meet the needs of business, and businesses are then helping provide resources, knowledge-based training opportunities through education to meet their needs, uh, and so it's really a two-way street now. Uh, we've created a business education alliance uh, through our state chamber to help uh, with that. Uh, they're doing a lot of research. Um, our goal is to have a 90% graduation rate, a high school graduation rate by the year 2020. Uh, we're at 84% now. Um, and so as we tackle uh, the graduation rate, uh, we're also making sure that those graduates are uh, qualified, uh, again, to meet the needs of the, of the workforce, which is continually changing. Um, so those are some of the things that we've got going on uh, that are really kind of uh, front and center, I guess, in the state of Alabama pertaining to small business entrepreneurship and, and workforce development. Um, we do a variety of other things, you know, again, the, the old thing, like we said, about uh, no two chambers are alike. Um, we've got a large tourism uh, industry, the state of Alabama, and so trying to uh, compete for tourism dollars and, and making uh, really destination marketing uh, part of a platform through a local chamber uh, to kind of highlight, uh, you know, the assets of various places. Uh, we're very diverse in the state, so mountains in the north uh, 
uh, beaches in the south and, and everything in between. And so you're seeing a lot of creative programming and marketing efforts come out of that to really talk about our quality of life and then also tie that back into business about, you know, services that can be provided along the way. So a lot of, you know, kind of unique things coming through. Jeremy, what are some of the challenges that you are seeing in the chamber world today? When a recession, if that's what you like to call it, somebody would even go so far as to say a a depression, uh, which I think we are still coming out of. I don't think we're fully out of it yet. Uh, Really forced chambers um, or membership-driven organizations as a whole to take a hard look at their return on investment and really listen to their members and making sure that they're delivering the value uh, for the investment. Uh, and, and it's sometimes difficult because oftentimes that may be um, intangible. Um, quality of life is sometimes hard to define, and you can put numbers to it. And so I think you've seen chambers have to really uh, focus in on their programming and making sure they're uh, meeting the needs of their members and asking the needs of their members uh, to really determine their programmatic work of what they should offer uh, and where they should be focused. Um, different communities have different uh, needs and skill sets, and, and so if you're a manufacturing community or a small business community or a tourism-based community, um, it, it may require a different uh, plan uh, to put in place so that you can meet the needs of that community. And so I think that's what's happened. Um, you know, as, as we uh, face generational shifts uh, away from uh, so-called baby boomers in the workplace that were uh, generally categorized as a nation of joiners and willing to pay their civic rent, uh, which often would include local Chamber of Commerce uh, membership, uh, without asking any questions. They would write the check and, and support the Chamber. Uh, you're seeing that change as resources become more scarce um, and, and dollars are, are having to be prioritized and reallocated. And so I think you're uh, seeing local Chambers really having to uh, justify what they're doing. Uh, It's in place. Uh, I think it's just taking a hard look and and saying, uh, this is what we're doing. This is what we're offering that is a benefit to our community uh, and specifically to our business community. And so you're seeing that as a result of some economic hard times that we face, uh, you know, as a country um, and, and sort of, you know, isolated pockets are still facing it. Why do you think people join the chamber today versus maybe some of the reasons they may have joined in the past? Uh, what What is changing in today's culture, whether that's social media, digital marketing, things like that? What Why are chamber members joining and what can chambers do to stay relevant? Sure. You used to, uh, you know, 10 years ago or even less, folks uh, relied on printed membership directories. People relied on uh, printed materials through a local chamber, be it a map, uh, be it a dining guide, uh, et cetera. And you're seeing the move away from that, obviously, as you embrace uh, social media and and really other digital platforms. Um, And so you're having to see, you know, chambers adapt um, to that. I, I still believe that a local chamber, one of the biggest benefits is, is to speak on behalf of the business community. Uh, we don't take the Lone Ranger approach. Uh, the collective voice uh, speaks louder. And when you can join those voices together, uh, which I believe a chamber can do, when you can convene those together, uh, it creates a very loud shout uh, and one that is uh, a force to be dealt with. Um, because when you convene people that have to share a like mind and share a like passion, in this case, a, a local business effort uh, and sustainable business efforts uh, to not only uh, retain jobs but to recruit and grow jobs, 
which is the ultimate goal, um, I think we're still the best local, um, really, uh, organization that promotes free enterprise uh, that there is. And that can look in a variety of different ways, whether it's, um, you know, a, a festival organized by the Chamber for Community uh, sake that increases business, whether they're in an economic development uh, arena for both job retention and recruitment, uh, whether it's tourism that we've talked about and can talk about more. Uh, again, based at the business segment uh, of your um, you know, particular economy, I still think the Chamber's the best convener uh, and the best advocate that you can have to connect those people uh, together. I think it provides a sense of place, um, and it also provides a sense of identity, uh, and I think those are key for a lot of people. Um, and it serves as that connection. You want to do business with people that you know, with people that you trust, and, and hopefully you're wanting to do business locally uh, because, again, you grow your local tax base, uh, therefore you grow the uh, services and products that are offered uh, locally, and so I think the uh, the chamber. I think it also uh, lends uh, some credibility. Uh, if you think about the Shapiro study that was done several years ago, uh, it shows that people are more uh, likely to do business uh, in various uh, sectors uh, if they know that that business is a member of the chamber. It gives some credibility. It gives some. Uh, a sense of stability and understanding and, and a level of commitment. And I think those are very uh, important things uh, that continue to drive uh, local chambers of commerce. Special thanks to Jeremy Arthur for joining us on the show today. We're going to be taking next week off. I'll be taking the kids to an undisclosed theme park in Florida where a magical mouse lives. Uh, we are gearing up for some great episodes coming down the pipeline here. And if you'd like to be one of our featured guests, just send me an email at brian at chamberpodcast.com. That's brian with an I at chamberpodcast.com. Thanks for tuning in this week, and we'll see you in two weeks here on the Chamber Podcast.